Luna, Luna, Luna. Luna, Luna, oi, Luna, oi, Luna. Oi. Oh, I was going the other way. <laughs> but uh, more appropriately, it's the year of the tiger. It's the thrill of the game. Because we are rounding up the best games we've played. Boom, boom. Welcome to My Turn Podcast. So, <laughs> as you can probably tell, this is our Lunar New Year special. Uh, for the last three years, we have rounded up our games of the year around Lunar New Year because... One, we're too lazy to do it in December. Two, we want to take into account all the games we play in January when no one's got any money and they don't go out. Uh, my name's Jem. I'm joined by Tim. Hello, Tim. Hi, Jem. Uh, we are going to talk, talk. I can't even talk. What are we going to do today, Tim? <laughs> are we going to round up our top three games of the 2021 playing period, which, yes. as you've said, May spell a couple of months either side. Sure. Uh, along with an honourable mention and maybe something that disappointed us a little. That's exactly what we're going to do. Erim um, <laughs> is going to be cleverly spliced into this episode. Hi, Erim. Hi, Jem. How are you doing? You okay? I'm okay. Thank you, future Erim. Uh, lovely that you're able to splice yourself in and join us for this end of the year roundup. I know. It's fucking magic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the magic of technology. <laughs> Hello from the other side, Erin. Being spliced <laughs> sounds pretty painful, so uh, I hope he's okay with that. He'll be fine with it. He'll be fine with it. Um, he's just got other commitments. So you'll hear his voice. Uh, we'll see if we can seamlessly segue him into the chat. Um, Hello. For his feed- feedback, for his recommendations. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But this is a gaming podcast, and if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Thank you very much for your ears, for lending us your ears. We're not going to cut them off and sell them on the black market. Splice them. Splice them. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think it's fair to say that 2021 was a really good year for video games in particular, don't you think, Tim? Yes, I absolutely do. I mean, first of all, we've got a whole new generation of gaming consoles kind of, you know, maturing, coming to their own. Everyone's finally got their hands on them after the initial drought. Uh, So we saw the launch of lots of new styles of games and a lot of people playing them, I think, really kind of contributed to that. And I think, yeah, we're lucky we did get our hands on. We're both Xbox players, so we've got both got Series X. Um, I think PlayStations are proving a bit harder to get the next-gen console. Um, And so we have to caveat this whole roundup with Tim and I haven't played any PlayStation games because we don't have a PlayStation. Erim is our PlayStation correspondent, um, but he is still on PS4 because of the shortage of consoles. Mm. Um, But yeah, as Tim said, we've managed to get ours, so we're sitting pretty and enjoying all the new games that have been optimised for next-gen. Yay! Uh, sitting very pretty, I how I sad. Tim, you in particular are looking very pretty today. Uh, Tim, oh, I meant wearing... me. I meant me. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't oh, okay. referring to you. <laughs> Fuck you, Tim. Fuck you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so should we maybe start with our top three games? Mm. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. So how we're going to do this is Tim and I have not seen each other's list. So I don't know what he's going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. Um, we're going to start with three, 
then go to two, then go to our favourite game. Oh, it's exciting. A bit of a countdown. Woo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tim, what came in at number three in your favourite games of the year? All right. I'm also going to give you a little teaser of what's oh. coming up on mine, because not only have I just done top three, but for me, number three has been my most played game. Oh, wow. Number, number two is my favourite board game, and number oh. one is my favourite video game. So yes. that's how I sort of whittled it down. Okay. But let me tell you then, number three, which is my most played game, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. <laughs> I knew it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. You've basically no, lived there. You've lived there. <laughs> I, yeah, I have spent more time in um, 10th century Britain than I have in 21st century Britain yeah, this, actually. Uh, this past year. Um, now, look, I know this isn't going to be everyone's like favourite game or cup mm-hmm. of tea, so I'm not necessarily saying it should be everyone's top three, which is why I sort of said it's the one I've played the most. Yeah, But for I sure. got really immersed in it. Mostly because I've played a lot of the Assassin's Creed games. I know all the sort of very long, complicated backstory, which makes this game more satisfying. And the reason I've also, even though it was um, released in November 2020 by Ubisoft Montreal, by the Mm -hmm. way, it had expansions throughout 2021. And I actually did play them. So I gave it a big break, um, you know, at the beginning of 21 and then came back to it. And the expansions through Assassin's Creed, while not being groundbreaking in terms of gameplay, do advance the sort of meta Mm -hmm. story quite a lot. And what I wanted to point out about this one is you actually get to meet one of your previous characters that you played. So Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I did also review uh, for this podcast probably back in 2020, um, when when pandemic first started, and I was like, oh, Plague Time Greece. Um, You you play either Alexios or Cassandra. Mm -hmm. So canonically, it's meant to be Cassandra. So you end up meeting Cassandra as you play Eivor on the Isle of Skye. And Ah. the two kind of clash and have a little bit of sexual frisson. It's all very exciting. Um, And you may be wondering, why does a character who is in ancient Greece end up in, um, (laughs) end up on the Isle of Skye during Viking times? Why, Tim? Well, that's because at the end of the game, if you played the expansions, you would know that your character sort of gains immortality (gasps) from one of the old Isu artifacts. And so you're catching up with her several centuries later, and you can see sort of the development of her character. So... That's why I'm putting it there. I I played it the most. It was a lot of escapism. I enjoyed the expansions throughout 2021. I got very involved in the storyline. Yes, very nice. And if you want to hear the full review uh, where we all chip in on our thoughts of um, uh, Assassin's Creed, it's the episode is called Skull. Hang on, say it properly, Tim. Skull! 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 Skull. Drink! Um, Drink! Um, And that was in our season four, episode 12. So you can refer Mm. back to that. I'll stick it in the show notes. If you want a more detailed uh, description of how we feel about it. Also, I was playing it as well. Uh, Slightly different views to Tim, but I did enjoy quite a lot of it as well. Very nice, Tim. And just a quick question, because you mentioned the sort of um, Assassin's Creed multiverse tying Mm. together. Um, Isn't there a... There's a game that's meant to be coming out that does is meant to tie all of the lore together is that right well we don't know or we don't know if that's happening it's called it's called assassin's creed infinity yeah that's it they've sort of said this is like in a way kind of the last 
sort of tying up of the games. Mm-hmm. They were like, I think their, their idea was that they were going to continually expand whatever game comes next. And people were thinking, oh, no, is this just going to be like, you know, lots of upsells, a, a, a massively multiplayer online thing that really isn't the kind of game maybe that the Assassin's Creed fans really wanted. However, the imagery for it shows all the protagonists mm-hmm. that you've played throughout the series. And I think it was just by playing this expansion in Valhalla where you mm-hmm. get to meet one of your other characters that I think the cogs started turning and go, oh, wait a minute, is this going to be an attempt to sort of, as you say, create more of this meta universe mm-hmm. and start tying them all together a bit more closely? So we'll have to wait and see yeah. if there's a possibility. Is it, I, I'd quite like it to just be a big sort of Assassin's Creed team-up game. Yeah, I think... Like Avengers Assemble, but because Assassin's is, Assemble. It, it, yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, it kind of is a time travel game in yeah. that your consciousness is going back and forth through time and you can affect things in history. It's not time travel like a time travel machine, mm-hmm. but there is still every opportunity for you to have a single consciousness that ties between all these characters. So we'll have to see how they pull it off, I think. Yeah, interesting. And interesting whether they lean more into the sort of animus story or more into the character story, which, I don't know, for me, it's more interesting being the characters. Every time it sort of goes back to the animus stuff, I'm like, oh, real people. I think that's that's because you need the consistency of all yeah. of the games to see how that tension yeah. is being ramped up. Otherwise I know. it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, I'm, like, I'm just always like, oh, <laughs> let me just be a Viking or let me just be <laughs> an assassin in Cuba. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all this realism. Um, although it's not really you... realism, is it? It's uh, no. still sci-fi. <laughs> what am I talking about? I just like things to look old when I'm in playing those games. Historically um, based fantasy, I will call it. Yes. Do you want to tell me about your number three all right so my number three tim uh surprised myself here actually i went back through all the games i played last year and i played a lot of games um and this is one that i kind of in my review of it a couple of weeks ago i was a bit down on it but actually looking back more objectively it is an amazing game so my number three of the year is it takes two which Ah. is the action adventure platform game um, from Hazelight Studios. It came out in March 2021 on all the things. I played it on Xbox Series X. I think the only thing it's not on freely is it's not on Switch, um, but would be really good on Switch, I think. Um, Now, it's interesting because I was looking back at it and I was like, I had so much fun with this game. And in our review of it, I, I think I was a bit down on it because the story just just stopped it being perfect but in terms of the gameplay like it's so fun it's so inventive I love the fact that this entire game has been designed to be a co-op you can only play it as a co-op whether that's online or couch co-op and there's just not enough games that do that but also because it's been designed from the bottom up to be a co-op the way that you solve puzzles and work together and the playful level design, it's its just so damn cool. And looking back on it, I'm much fonder of it than when I ended it. And I was like, oh, the story. Oh, come on. So, yeah, that was my number three of the year. Nice. It's one I haven't been able to dig into yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it does. It does look deserving of my attention. Yeah, definitely. And I did say, oh, I'd happily play it with you, but it's a bit longer than 
I think I thought it was. So I'd say mm-hmm. maybe play it with someone else. Uh, if like maybe uh, Aliri that you do your thinking drinking podcast yeah. with. Um, yeah, we actually we tried to, um, and then uh, she had all kind. Of, we actually both had issues, re- like registering our accounts that we needed for. Is uh, it EA? And oh, you don't need an EA account. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, I know. I downloaded it. We both downloaded it on Game Pass, but it said, "Oh no, you can't because you're EA Game Pass." This or whatever. I actually had to call them up on the what? telephone to get access to it and to like re-register my account and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really annoying. That's but terrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't have that problem. So I played it local, <laughs> local co-op. That's really weird. Okay, well, note yeah. to anyone who wants to dip in and do online co-op. Um, you have to have at least two online accounts to play this game online. It was very annoying. <laughs> that's stupid. I think um, you can also play it via Steam as well, I think so mm-hmm. that might be that might be easier I don't know who knows <laughs> who knows but um if you can play it I highly recommend and it was the game awards game of the year winner so a very worthy game um mm-hmm. really interesting just ignore the over emotional cutscenes <laughs> and get on with the fun bits that that's my recommendation <laughs> <laughs> Um, and now we're going to skillfully cut to Erin for his number three game of the year. Erin. And here I am skillfully. So um, <laughs> my number three game of the year um, is one that I haven't actually made too much progress with so far, but I'm already running around like a headless chicken, uh, killing everyone. Um, and it just makes me kind of like realise why I love open world games. It's actually Far Cry 6. Um I mean, I think I, I, I've been on the podcast and spoken about uh, the New Dawn Far Cry and how I, I just couldn't really get into it because of the corny American, like, Americanness to it, really. Um, but this one, in, in the setting of Yara, I just think it's so much more immersive and it's so much less distracting. I love all the characters. The um, Obviously, the lead role, I'm playing Dani Rojo as a lady and she's fucking amazing. It's just really cool. It's got loads of character, beautiful scenery. You can play it like just running around, just killing everything. And you like, I don't know, just not bored. And I'm enjoying going around and exploring it all. Um, so goodness knows if I'll ever finish get this game or I'll just run around uh, and try and kill everyone and explore all the highest mountains and the deepest crevasses and things like that. But yeah, that's uh, my number three game. I think it would be higher if I had a bit more time to play. So yeah. I will keep you posted. Thank you, Erin. Interesting choice. Thanks, Erin. I really enjoyed when you said the stuff about the thing. Rude. Yeah, really insightful. Insightful feedback from Erin mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tim, this brings yeah, Tim, us to you, your... Would you like to see my number two? Number two. Well, that's rude, Tim. <laughs> I lived with you for so... long enough that um, I used air freshener on some of your yep. number twos. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, you're not going to need it for this one. Okay, that's good. It, it is not a stinker. Oh, very um, nice. So my number two was my favourite board game uh, that I played in 2021. Okay. And I've gone for Poetry for Neanderthals. Oh, yeah. This is by Exploding Kittens. It was actually released in mid-2020. Mm-hmm. But because of various things, we weren't really getting round to party games What could those things be? I don't know, something or other. Um, so... <laughs> 
I wanted to choose a party game yeah. to sort of celebrate the return to communal board game playing. And uh, this was my favourite party game that we could play. So this is in homage of all party games, really, for 2021. Yeah. This game I haven't reviewed. Erin um, reviewed on it on our uh, uh, Poetry for... No. Yeah, Poetry for Neanderthals episode, I think. No. Wait. Oh, my God. What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> Far Cry for Neanderthals was the name of the episode. Right. <laughs> I see the crossover potential. Um, yes, I mean, I, I don't review it, but I... I really enjoyed it. Played it uh, even on New Year's Eve as a party game. And uh, just as a reminder, it's it's where you have to say <laughs> what the what the sort of phrase or object or item or whatever is on a card. And you have to explain it to the other person being monosyllabic. And it is so much harder than you think it's going to be once the pressure piles on and the time is ticking down. Um, it's Let's very play a quick round now. Give, give, me, give me one. Um... Okay, I'll, let me just pick um, an, an object. Go on then. All right. Burns fire as stick with wick. Candle. And... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> let me do one. All right. Goes on head for sound. Headphones. Yeah. Oh my god, such a great game. Such a great game. And my favourite bit about that game is you get to bash someone with an inflatable club. Yes, the club is excellent. And um, as it's it's good as well for when you've got um, an odd number of people that someone can be in charge of the clubbing. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, a very um, coveted role. My, my uh, other brothers broke the club. <laughs> the, cl- the club has you been popped say. and now they use rolled up newspaper. Don't you, Erin? <laughs> well, clearly you weren't listening on the um, other podcast. We actually used like the centre roll bit of like wrapping paper, you know, the cardboard thing. Um, ah, the cardboard the thing. The cardboard thing, <laughs> indeed. Um, yeah, obviously my family have somehow turned an inflatable soft toy into something that could have like probably killed someone. So it's probably good that it popped, actually. That, um, that, that's fair enough. Thank you for your contribution, Erin, from the future. That's all right. You're very welcome, past Gem who's currently in the room with me through <laughs> months. Well, while we seamlessly splice in all your feedback. Yes, no one would ever notice. Just completely seamless. Seamless. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a great game. Highly, highly recommend and fun for all the family. Yes, indeed. What's, uh, what's your number two... Um... Smelling like. Oh my god, my number two is smelling like all the colours of the rainbow, quite literally, because my number two is a game called Chicory, a Colourful Tale. Now, I have only just played this game. I haven't reviewed it yet fully on the podcast, so there'll be a deep dive review into the wonders of Chicory, a Colourful Tale. But my goodness me, this game is wonderful. Um, It is an adventure video game with a lot of fun puzzling, um, developed by Greg Lobanov and published by Finji. And basically you're a little anthropomorphic, did I say that right? Yes. Yeah, a little dog with a magical paintbrush. And you use that paintbrush to color the game world, beat bosses and solve puzzles sounds very 
basic and babyish. And when you even look at the, the artwork of the cover of the game, you're like, is this a game for babies? But I heard so much buzz about this game. I was like, Do you know what? I want something sort of relaxing. And my goodness me, does this deliver. It's absolutely beautiful and basically a digital colouring book on top of it being an adventure game with lots of puzzles and some pretty challenging bosses as well. It's, it's wonderful. Oh, nice. Colouring books were definitely something that kind of took off with a bang when the pandemic hit, wasn't it? People seeking mindful escapes of just very pleasant things. Yeah, I'm still working my way through my drag queen's colouring book that I got, <laughs> that I got in 2020. <laughs> but I've always coloured, I've always drawn and coloured and stuff. Like I'd mm-hmm. often draw my own like line drawings and then just colour them in because it's, it's fun. So everyone's just caught up with me and how cool I am, basically. So. Sure. Yeah, I read that somewhere. It's in The Guardian, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I'm not surprised that that kind of feeling made its way into games. I mean, actually, there, there have been lots of kind of yeah. games for a long time. And it's, um, I was expecting to see something like that. Definitely. And I think that that is my theme for all my top three games. It's like they all made me feel the fun and the love. Um, mm-hmm. And also, a uh, side note for you, Tim, because I know you played Celeste, didn't you? Mm-hmm. A long time ago, yeah. Uh, the composer on this is also the composer that did the music on Celeste, which is one of the oh, sound out, standout marvelous. things of that game. And yeah. this this music, I've already been listening to the Chicory soundtrack on Spotify. I'm just like, mm. cannot stop listening to it because the music's so damn good. It's joyful. I love it. Um, yeah, Beautiful game, highly recommend. Made mm. me feel the feels. The story's really good as well. Nice. Um, yeah, it's so cute. You'd love it. Um, so that's currently available. That was released on 10th of June and it's currently available on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, if you can get one, Mac, Windows, and Nintendo Switch. Oh, um, what's that, Erin? You want to tell us what's that, your number two? Yeah, of course. Just because I'm in the future, it doesn't mean that I can't be a part of the podcast. So, um, yeah, obviously the series I've probably mentioned about a million times on this podcast because it's like the best series of games ever, especially for strategy lovers. Um, I've been playing Total War Three Kingdoms and I bloody love it. Um, why is it my second one? It's It's just... It's just beautiful. It's really fun. I love um, that your characters are like very cliche, uh, you know, Chinese warriors who are able to kill hundreds of people. (laughs) It's just very, very ridiculous, but I quite like it. It kind of works in this uh, Total War setting. Um, Yeah, I wish I wish I had a bit more of a stable platform to play it on. Then I would have sunk a lot more time into it. Unfortunately, on Mac, it is a bit... um, bit ropey so it does crash occasionally which is uh a bit of a a bit to its detriment but yeah it is honestly lovely and it's i think the the graphics and the feel of it are such as an upgrade from um warhammer 2 which i absolutely love as well but yeah it's just it just like taken on another level and i really am excited for um what i might play of theirs next obviously we've got things like troy um i'm not sure i'm going to play britannia but i'm looking forward to warhammer 3 coming in the future so yeah number two three kingdoms fucking great nice okay well there you go he said it wasn't expecting that no (laughs) or maybe we were thank you ezra all right tim what oh god i feel like i need to do a drum roll but i can't because my mic and everything will jog and it'll make a horrible noise click roll 
it like something else. No, this does. <laughs> oh, Tim, oh, pack it in. That's the sound of one hand clapping for anyone wondering. I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't anymore. Tim's destroyed me today. <laughs> I'm broken. Anyway, I'm already broken. Game, Your number one game. On that note, <laughs> is the only game, as, as far as I can remember, that I've given a 10 out of 10 to, which was released in August of 21 by Double Fine and Xbox Game Studios, and that's Psychonauts 2. Yes! Guess what, is Tim? Your, is it yours as it's well? It's my number one too! Yeah! yeah. Oh. Well, let's, let's discuss it together then. Why is it our number one? What? 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 Why did you give it a 10 out of 10 and you think you haven't given a 10 out of 10 to anything else? I suppose that, you know, for everything else, there's always something you can see as room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, especially when you're doing reviews, people want to know what that thing is, just in case yeah, it's exactly. something that bothers them more than it bothers you. Yeah. So a lot of the time, if I give a nine, it's that there's something that might bother other people more than it would bother me. With this game, I just couldn't fault anything. I enjoyed every aspect of it. It was so funny, so joyous. I enjoyed the gameplay, um, the character work, the voiceovers, the story, the animation. Just like it ticks every box. I couldn't find any faults. It had to be a 10. Yeah, same for me. All of the things you said. But also, my test in the last year has very much been, and this is why all the games I've picked have this same effect on me. If I am smiling the whole time I'm playing the game to the point where when I put down the console controller and I'm like, oh, my cheeks hurt because I've just been smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that is a good time in a video game, people. That is a good time in a video game. And I think, you know, a lot of games that get all the big accolades are so serious and so sort of like angry and there's so much fighting and war and like, yeah, sure, I love shooting aliens and things as much as the next person, but... Oh God, there's something just so wonderful about a game that just makes you smile all the way through. And actually, in this game, made me laugh out loud several times. Yeah. It yeah, was so really funny. <laughs> it really did make me laugh out loud a lot as well. And actually, it did have substance to it. You yeah. Know, we're not, it's not, it wasn't mindlessly joyful. Absolutely. There was lots of stuff that you could, you know, get immersed in and involved in terms of the story if you wanted to but you can also just play it as a plat straight up platform if you want to yeah the options are all there and and again with i never i didn't have a single bug like and we played it i played Mm -hmm. it on pretty much on release day i think um and it because it released straight to game pass which we both have and i don't remember a single bug do you no no which is amazing and yeah, these days yeah these days like <laughs> outstanding and the platforming was so effortless and something that annoys me a lot with platformers and might come up in a game i mentioned later is when it's just stilted and things don't line up properly and you've got to be on the exact box on a screen to get forwards or jump onto a platform without falling off to your death like this just felt so effortless Mm-hmm. Everything was difficult enough, but never frustrating. The bosses yeah. were challenging enough, but never frustrating. Always fun, always inventive. And even though they employed the classic, you know, beat it three times in different ways, all of those different ways did something really interesting. And if not just in the gameplay, also in the storytelling and the revelation of what is that boss actually? 
So, for mm-hmm, example, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more, one of my the hardest boss I think in the whole game is about midway when you're in the game show, the food game show. Oh yeah. And and you just get attacked by whisks, which are underneath hand puppets, which are basically the voices in someone's head, and it's just mm-hmm. so clever the layer upon layer of storytelling and diving into people's sort of psyches but through yeah. fun characters and inventive game i mean it's just amazing it was just outstanding yeah endlessly Yay. creative lots of pixar vibes go double there. fine woo, 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 woo. Uh, Aaron, I, you were quiet okay. throughout that um did you agree with us or not what was your number one i was yeah sorry i i was um i had my mic turned off i was practicing one hand clapping <laughs> <laughs> Future, you're a naughty boy. Well, Tim Stein, it God. You're both naughty boys. Uh, no. See what I have to part with. No, no, you're just as bad. So shush. <laughs> Go on. What's your number one game of the year? So, it's an escape room. I know it's a bit different, but um, yeah, it was the loop escape room at the Gravesend Panic Rooms. I thought that was really, really cool. I mean, I've done quite a few escape rooms, but to throw in a twist like that, where you end up um, battling against yourself in terms of timing, um, I thought it was really cool. And the fact they had like dramatic music slowly sneaking up in the background and you could hear yourself. So every time like you, the other room was like, Yay, we've done something. You're like, shit, shit, shit. They're getting closer, closer. And the music slowly gets more and more intense. And it was just like, yeah, it was stressful in the best possible way. And the fact like when we beat it, it was actually such a relief. Um, I, I just don't think I've I've come across a an escape room that really does that. And it was just such a highlight of the year, actually. I think as well, where it was like coming out of the pandemic and um, we just had like a bit of freedom given to us. And it was one of the things that um, we first did. Uh, it was just, yeah, quite quite a special moment. Um, also, great thing. I got a free Fiat 500 out of it. What he means is he stole a key. I stole a prop. Uh, if you want a full review of The Escape Room, it's in an episode which we did back in March 2021 called Escape. Oh. Like what we did there. Yes, very good. Anyway, back to past you. Yes, okay. All right. Well, this is the thing. I mean, we're all playing on different consoles. We've all like had different um, amounts of time this year, really. Uh, Aram's been really busy this year, so he's had way less time. But um, one thing I would say, I feel like because we, Tim and I, enjoyed Psychonauts 2 so much, the one game that I wish I had a PlayStation for is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, because that was a lot of people's game of the year. And I feel like that is a lot of the similar stuff that we were saying about Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. And I really wish like we could have played that as well, because I think you and I would have really liked that. So... Let's see. Let's see if we ever get a chance to play it. If it goes um, cross-platform or or we ever get a PlayStation. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, thank you very much, everyone, for your top three games. And now it's time to talk about our honourable mentions. So these are games that didn't quite make the top three, but a game that has a big place in your heart and you would heavily recommend to anyone. So, Tim, what was your honourable mm. mention for this year? I'm going to give an honourable mention to a, a very underground game. I'm not sure if anyone will have heard of it. Um, it's called Wordle. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. 
Yeah, I so, mean, it's so underground. Like, you're so cutting edge, mm, like, even yeah. discovering it. Yeah, it needs the promotion. So, um, <laughs> look, I, I chose Wordle because... The, and this is also in honour of all pandemic-made games. Yeah. For one thing, people who are like, I'm going to create something to entertain myself when, I'm, when I've got downtime as an engineer or whatever it is they do. And also... Yeah, whatever it is that, they do, Tim. Who knows? Whatever it is they do. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, whether they're a designer or a writer, whatever it is, but, you know, people have got different, Just some, different some backgrounds. Person. But using their skills to make a pandemic uh, game. Also, uh, games that did that without cashing in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, of also another one, because we haven't reviewed Wordle, but we reviewed uh, Kitty Letter as an yes, example yeah. of a pandemic-made game that was free to download. Mm-hmm. It It wasn't full of expansions and buy-ons and I don't play many mobile games for that reason and this is a mobile game that um actually it's a web it's a web game but I play it on my mobile um that did just that and I like that you can only play once a day so it sort of no grinding addictive feeling there's no point there isn't any grinding because there's no you know there's kind of like no leveling up or whatever it's just here's a puzzle for you to solve once a day it's on a web browser so you don't even have to download anything or sign in and um, I think that's fantastic. So I've put honourable mention to any game yeah. that took that format. Wordle in particular, I've really enjoyed as a lover of word games. Yeah. Um, the, the format is, it's a bit like Mastermind, <coughs> the, the game with the coloured pegs mm-hmm. where you say you've got three colours right and one in the right place. And it does that, but with letters and the, eventually you will form a five letter word and you have up to six tries uh, to try and get the word it, it's that simple but um it works yeah we really used to well. love mastermind in our household just mm-hmm. oh god damn those pegs oh still love it anyway sorry <laughs> so i just got distracted because i still love the little like the little flap and hiding your pegs oh mm-hmm. oh yeah exactly it is very satisfying yeah. trying to uh in, in the board game version trying to read the other person's mind yeah i love with, it with what they're looking at but yeah so this is this was uh, by the way developed by josh wardle Wordle, Wardle. Um, he did it in October 21, but it really sort of, everyone knew about it right at the end of the year, yeah. December 21. I think it was one of those, we're all home for the holidays. Yeah, the, everyone was worried the, about the Omicron. Christmas, Christmas, New Year perineum, the Omicron, everything going on. <laughs> did uh, you just call were, it Christmas, New Year perineum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the end of year taint, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so it was easy to start playing oh, it then. And you've broken me, Tim, you've broken me. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, that's me, I'll be quiet now. No, that's okay. I um, got a confession to make. Yep. I haven't played Wordle. You see, I knew I knew it needed bringing to your attention. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen all of the colourful squares. Mm-hmm. Um, and every now and again, I've been using the GG game app, which I highly recommend, by the way. Get on, everyone get on board with it. It's really good um, just to organise what games I want to play and log games that I have played. Because sometimes I forget, I'm like, what year is it? <laughs> what have I done mm-hmm. this year? I find keeping lists very useful. Um, and on that, I keep seeing the sort of title page, title page, game art for Wordle. And it always looks really, it's really dark. It's like a kind of black screen i'm like what is this dark game and i'm like oh it's wordle so yeah it's just every it's everywhere um i should play it i will play it i just haven't done yet 
I'm going to do it. It's my recommendation. Your okay. So my honourable mention of the year, again, like there's such a theme with all my games. These are the games that made me feel good, everyone. Um, my honourable mention has to be the most wonderful sweet game, <laughs> Unpacking. Oh, just... Oh, yeah. Oh, so unpacking which i did a full review of uh, a couple of weeks ago it's a puzzle video game developed by Witchbeam and published by humble bundle for microsoft windows mac linux nintendo switch and xbox one i played it on nintendo switch it's a really nice game to play on switch um absolutely wonderful game again shout out to the composer jeff van dick for one of the most delightful scores on on a really small game that you can beat in about three hours um but had music that i was humming for weeks afterwards which is always a good sign a beautiful piece of work another game where it was telling a very sweet story that really moved me and made me emotional even thinking about it like weeks later um but was never in your face just sort of lightly sort of peppered into what you were doing when you were unpacking your boxes and discovering who this person was, who they became, what challenges they had. Just what a lovely game. Like, again, another game I would never have picked up had I not heard a recommendation. So this is why we do this, people. (laughs) (laughs) So these are games that you might overlook unless they do get the buzz that they deserve. And it's a smaller game. It's a smaller studio, but really worth your time. Nice. Yes. So Erin, what was your honourable mention of the year? So it's a game that um, I decided I'm going to start playing again uh, when I got diagnosed with COVID. Is that what you call it? Tested I mean, positive for yeah. COVID. I was like, what can I do for seven days that will take a long time and will keep me from uh, going bad? Uh, bad? From going going bad. Going like, off. Yeah, exactly. Erin, uh, what day rotten. did you uh, find out you had COVID? Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> because Santa stopped giving children lumps of coal. Instead, he gives them COVID. Dear, oh dear. dear. <laughs> Ruined our whole family Christmas. So, Erin from the future. Hello. Oh, Tell well. us more about this game that you've been playing. Well, as your honourable mention, yeah, it's uh, it is actually my favourite game of all time, um, The Witcher, The Witcher Three <laughs> specifically. Uh, I've only played it through once, and I, I don't. It's been in like the back of my head that at some point I need to just play it again, just to like appreciate how good it was because it's it's one of those things like when you first do something, you don't actually appreciate how amazing it is. But then looking back at it retrospectively, I was like, this game is incredible. Now going through it again, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the bit with the werewolf. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but, um, I love that bit. I'm enjoying it so much more and I'm, I'm taking my time exploring a bit more and doing things that I wouldn't do normally, such as um, sleeping with Triss instead of Yennefer. So- Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let me get this the right way around. Did you, on your first playthrough, sleep with Triss? No, I slept with Yennefer. Oh, bad choice. Why? Triss is more fun. Yeah, but Yennefer's, like, got that, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you 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 behave yourself, Geralt. <laughs> like, yes, no, I, I, yes, Yennefer. I, I think I went for Triss the first time. <laughs> Did you? She's well, sassy. You need, you need to do it again. You have to do a whole new playthrough. Like, 
Hey, Aaron from the future. Hello. How come you just punched your mic? <laughs> I got excited talking about Tris. <laughs> um, so you're doing a brand new playthrough then? I am, yeah. Um, oh, I'm right. just trying to make all the op- um, choices that I didn't do last time to kind of see what the difference is. But yeah, it's, it's such a good game. I think it's going to be a game I'm going to play through many, many a time. Forever. Yeah. Until and the ever, end and of ever. time. Like I'm going to be a 90-year-old man like in a nursing home going, fucking Trish. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Really randomly, can you imagine us in a nursing home? Like, what would, like, old music be? Would that be, like, would, would we be like, oh, darling, could you put on Skrillex? I bloody love that. <laughs> You're younger than me, so that's definitely not what I'd be putting on. Um, but I would probably be playing Mario Kart and falling out of my chair every time I tried to turn a corner. Yeah, do you think people would be like, God, our our grandparents are so unsensible, like, playing games. Oh, my God, they just, they need to grow up. But why do they live forever? It's so weird. (laughs) Because we looked after our brains, Sonny. (laughs) Um, So, thank you, Erin. Thank you, Pasture. All right. Okay. You know what that means, Tim? Dun, dun, dun. Time for something a bit more dishonourable. Yeah, that's right. Dishonour time. Um, As with every year, there's so much hype, especially with sequels or studios that we know and love or game brands that we know and love. And you look forward to certain titles and sometimes they do not live up to the hype. So this is our biggest disappointments of 2021. Let's start with you, Tim. Okay. well. In general, I don't like choosing things to give a negative review. Like, if I play something that isn't good, I'd rather just hide it away and find something else. However, I do think occasionally there's something that you're like, so many people have paid a lot of money for this and it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And they should be told. So, (laughs) on that basis, I have chosen Marvel's Avengers Assembled. Oh, yes. Yep. So uh, this was released in March 21 on the Xbox Series X. Yeah. And I did play it. It's from Crystal Dynamics and uh, Square Enix. Yeah. So um, I suppose, first of all, with a brand that big, with um, a cast of characters and potential story Mm -hmm. that big, and with the resources that they have behind Mm -hmm. that, you can only really expect excellence, I think, in terms of what they give you. And what you get is uh, a lot of repetition, mm-hmm. lots of pointless expansions, um, lack of substantial content, very questionable user interfaces that kept changing because they realized they got them wrong. Mm-hmm. Lots, just far too much grinding and leveling up so you could get to the next bit of story. It, it, the game actually started off quite promisingly with you taking on the role of um, Kamala Khan, who mm-hmm. hasn't made it to the uh, big screens of Marvel yet, but obviously he's been around in the comics for probably mm-hmm. about 10 years or something as, as Ms. Marvel, um, which I think is a good starting point, you know, to place someone a bit more a bit more inexperienced, a bit more junior and, and work your way through the powers and, and the universe and all that sort of stuff. But that story is like, um, it's like a long prologue to the game. And then once you've completed that bit, you get stuck into this very repetitive grinding game where you just end up playing 
the same similar scenarios using the same powers yeah you know and you just get an introduction of a character and then an introduction of another character but that dynamic never changes and it's like they started making one game and then just gave up halfway through and thought let's just make something that feels like it could be an online co-op and you could even potentially play it on mobile and they just switched the approach to gameplay halfway through and then after release and it got criticized so much they just kept throwing expansions at it but with the same style of gameplay and you're like well that doesn't solve the fundamental premise that you've made an overall bad game yeah so um that's mine i'm afraid yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about the disappointment of that game. Um, and also that, that that is the or that is part of the team or the team behind um, the last Tomb Raider game as well. So mm. it's kind of they've you know, it's, it's a they've got a proven track record of delivering like decent games. The last Tomb Raider game was a huge disappointment as well to me. Um but it's interesting to see what they're going to do next because of that feedback. And then interestingly, the Guardians of the Galaxy game came out later in the year and mm. everyone thought it'd be rubbish. And actually a lot of people were like, actually, this is good. It surprised us how good it is. And one of the biggest compliments I've heard of that game is that the story's really excellent. So yeah, I heard so many bad things about the Marvel game that kind of put me off any of those games like any mm-hmm. of those ip games like i was like oh i don't know they're all gonna be rubbish but yeah it's interesting isn't it that when you've got a team with a proven track record you've got money you've got ip that you know has great characters and great narratives that are just already there as well mm-hmm. so that's that's why it's that's why it's by definition disappointing yeah because i think everyone expected a lot more yeah <laughs> and rightfully so yeah especially because as you say like this is a game that people would put quite a lot of money in i'm sure it wasn't yes. a cheap yeah. game no. um okay so here's mine um bit of a nightmare i had with little nightmares too ah. um because i love little nightmares one i thought it was amazing hadn't really ever played anything like it um when i first played that i'd I hadn't yet played Limbo or Inside, but those three games are often sort of bundled together because they've got very similar sort of tone, side-scrolling, um, light puzzling. But Little Nightmares 1 had so much promise and Little Nightmares 2 coming out a few years later, you're like, great, this is going to be fantastic because they're going to fix all of the things that were a bit annoying in Little Nightmare 1, namely the platforming. doesn't quite work. It's a bit clunky. The movement is a bit clunky. Um, But what they did in Little Nightmares 2 is more of the same. To me, a less interesting story until the very final moment. But the whole way through, I was like, meh. Um, And also made a lot of the game about running away from things when it is physically impossible for you to run in the game. So (laughs) (laughs) um, this is one of those games where I think frustration was my biggest feeling and biggest takeaway from the game. It still looks beautiful. It doesn't disappoint if you're a fan of that artwork, of the music, of the character design. Even the the setups that you're in, these kind of different areas, levels that you're in, are really well designed in terms of the aesthetic and the idea of what the gameplay will be. However, the actual physical nuts and bolts gameplay 
it just doesn't work. And I just think for a game released in 2021 with so much success from the first game, like why is it not working properly? Why do you like talk to people who've played it and said they've had to watch YouTube to look at exactly the point on the screen that they need to run to for this thing to not catch them? And mm-hmm. that's frustrating. It's just frustrating. And so it was really disappointing for me because I really enjoyed the first one. And I just think there's not enough horror games that are small and have that sort of interesting art style and indie feel. Like I don't always want to play a sort of hyper-realistic horror game, but I do like horror tones in games because mm-hmm. I like that aesthetic. So uh, still a good game but the frustration level just disappointed me so much. And there was a lot of bugs. We bought it um, when it launched, which was the 10th of February, 2021. It's on both Playstations, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, um, Xbox Series X, Windows. It's on all the things. And when it launched, we bought it and it had so many bugs. And I was just like, oh. And and I think it was about, it was just under £30. So it's quite a small game and that was a high-ish price for a small mm-hmm. game, which I don't mind playing, but I want it to work and I want it to be better than the first one. So yeah, so that that's my reason, but still a good game. By no means a bad game, still very nice, but yeah, disappointing. But Little Nightmares 2 was not the dream. Not the dream, no. Uh, so Erim, what was your most disappointing game of 2021? Well, um, oh yeah, by the way, hello, I'm back. I didn't actually disappear when I turned into a ghost. Um, So this is another one that we started kind of playing uh, during uh, our little, what do you call it? COVID Christmas cracker holiday, which is shit. But um, obviously because Beth couldn't play The Witcher with us or with me. Why am I two people? Help me. I don't anyway. know. I can't keep up with what tense we're in. Are we back in the future or are we in the past? The best thing is I haven't had the sip of alcohol. This is just me being an idiot. Same. Same. <laughs> but anyway, I digress again. Um, so When yeah, you had COVID. When I had COVID back in Christmas in time. In my day when I had COVID, all I could do was listen to the wireless. Yes. Beth had the great idea of playing... Um, a Professor Layton game. And she, she like, fondly remembered uh, how she used to play it when she was younger and it was a really good game. So I was like, okay, let's go for it. So um, we downloaded Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy on Nintendo Switch. And um, it started off really promising. Like, it starts out and you, it's, like, all animated. It kind of reminds me of a Studio Ghibli-esque kind of cartoon. Yeah, and I was cute. like oh my god this is brilliant like it's cartoon and it's point and click and it's going to be great and then you have to kind of solve these mysteries but the only problem is there's not really a lot of solving essentially it's just you reading a load of dialogue um and then doing logic puzzles is there not many puzzles in this one well not they're they're just shit puzzles really they're like oh no someone's being murdered what about this picture? How many times can you rotate it to make different pictures? And that it's is just actually like... quite an v- accurate um, version of the voice acting. Oh, really? Thank you. <laughs> it's quite... They're very like that kind of idea of what an old British person would sound like. <laughs> but actually, by yeah. someone who's not British. Yes. Uh, you, yes. You, I see sir. what you mean now. Yeah. I don't know um, how to get my wheelbarrow down the lane. <laughs> 
Yes, very uh, artificial, I guess. But um, was really disappointed by it because I thought it would be something like, I guess, Monkey Island, where you're kind of exploring, you have to use different mm. tools for different things. But it's literally the same thing. It's like, oh, look, someone has been stabbed. Let's solve this logic puzzle by putting a ball in this hole. And <laughs> ah, it was that guy. It's like, so how does that help you solve a mystery? Like, I don't know. It was just... It was just a load of shitty mini games, basically. And it the price of it as well was like 40 quid. Wow. So 40 quid for... Just for the one game, not yeah. for loads of extra No, it was content. just the one game that we got. Yeah. I think um, my dog from the future is barking he is. into this future segment with you, future Erin. I know. This, this is getting a bit weird. This, <laughs> is this like the multiverse? Is that what's, what's happening? I know. Let's solve a puzzle and get ourselves back <laughs> to the first timeline. No, I'm trapped in Put a Professor a Layton game. into a hole. Savage. Absolutely savage. <laughs> I mean, we are here for the no frills reviews, people. That is what we're here for. Um, so that takes us towards the end of... I like how I said that. Towards the end of... <laughs> I'm just having a, a weird day. It's a choice. It sure it's a choice. Towards the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us and lending us your ears. Again, I'm not selling them on the black market. That's just a metaphorical phrase. <laughs> I'm having a weird moment today. <laughs> I didn't even know how to respond to that. I wasn't quite sure what I think... you said. <laughs> What's happening is that the year of the ox has passed mm-hmm. and with it the flatulence of the ox is still sort of lingering in the air and it's affected my brain but the year of the tiger is coming you need soon t- baby tiger blood a little <laughs> bit of tiger blood is what you need <laughs> what is that is that a song tiger blood is a song yeah you can no. go listen to it afterwards oh my know. gosh honorable um, mention Honorable mention, I'm going to go and listen to Tiger Blood the song. Thank you so much for joining us. As ever, please share this podcast with your friends. If you have recommendations for us to play in 2022, hit us up. We are on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, please, if you can see it in the kindness of your heart, give us a five-star review because that will help me be a happier Jemmy and get more sleep in my life. And also, we'll thank you in the next episode. Thank you. And you get to happy moon. Um, happy, oh, moon. Yeah, happy moon. And also Tim will do it in a voice of your choice if you request it in your <laughs> review. All right. Thanks everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Tim, that's disgusting. Bye. <laughs>